Hello anyone and everyone. On this episode of Mechanical Fail, Gabe and I spelunk into the depths of SR388 in Metroid Samus Returns. We mainly focus on the recent 3DS remake, but diverge here and there into both the original Game Boy release, Metroid 2 Return of Samus, as well as the unofficial fan game, another Metroid 2 remake. I want to say right off the bat that my recounting of Samus Returns sounds a little more harsh than intended. It's a good game by most objective standards, and worth playing if you like 2D action games. Its pitfalls are more about living up to the Metroid standard, which, looking back, is something only a handful of games in the series managed to pull off anyway. I think it's simply a case of Nintendo having set the bar at the highest possible peak with Super Metroid, so no subsequent game could possibly measure up. That's a bit of a curse for Metroid Samus Returns, but that's not the fault of Mercury Steam, the game's developer, nor really Nintendo themselves. With that, please enjoy the episode. Yeah, I was just finishing up a video because I saw Dunkey had made one about uh, Samus Returns, and his are usually really short, so I was like, eh, I'll watch this. Nice. See what his opinions are. I have not really watched any video of any of the Metroid 2 games in quite a while. Um, I watched one for Samus Returns to get past a certain part that I wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I haven't like really watched anything. I didn't really watch any about the game itself, mostly just kind of reviews and people's thoughts. There was one that I want to say Mark Brown did, I, I forget, um, about co- you know comparing and contrasting aim to r and Samus Returns, not unlike what we were going to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. I mean, it's one of those things where it's weird to have... It's one thing to have like a remake and an original game, right? There are plenty of examples of that, but it's weird to have a fan-made remake thrown in there too because it's like, how, how do you compare them? Because obviously they're not the same developers. Right. They're And they're not overseen by the same people, right? At least like... Sure, like AM2, I mean, uh, Metroid 2 and Samus Returns were not made by the same individuals, but they were overseen by Nintendo and Sakamoto, yeah. I assume, to some degree, right? So there's going to be some level of consistency there in terms of just the overall theming and that kind of thing. Whereas AM2R is just like, all right, this is how one particular person interpreted how the game should go. Right. Which is kind of interesting. Yeah, and the, the other thing I find fascinating is that AM2R has been in development for forever basically yeah a very long time so i mean as a result it kind of shows um in that pieces i think they did a great job making the game kind of consistent and coherent but there are pieces that feel like they got more love or more recent attention than other parts yeah i mean it's one of those things where i think it probably started out just as kind of a maybe like an exercise of some sort Mm -hmm. you know Using the existing assets from Metroid, uh, I, they look to be taken straight from Zero Mission. And I don't really know the, the whole story behind the development of the game other than the guy was making it for like a really long time, then finally finished it, put it out. Because I remember playing the demo before it was finished. Yeah. And, that, and they never seemed to get any flack for that from Nintendo. And then all of a sudden he publishes the full game and then all this, you know, and then bam the uh, cease and desist comes out from Nintendo, which is really weird. And I have to imagine it's only because Nintendo finally got around to making Samus Returns that it happened. Otherwise, I don't think they would have even noticed or bothered. I mean, I I like the fan theory that 
well, one, obviously they were making something, so they had to do something about it. But I like I like the fan theory that um, Nintendo was just kind of waiting for it to be released, give it give it a little bit so that it can actually get out, get into torrents, and then throw the season desist. That way, that way they protect their IP, but it's still accessible. That could be. I mean, I don't think Nintendo does pretty quickly order cease and desist, but they don't. As far as I'm aware, they've never really gone to court with anybody in order to like sue. Of course, I also don't know of anybody who has put out a fan game that's also charged for it. Right. I mean, if you're a Nintendo and you're going to sue a person who made a fan-made game, you're not going to get any money out of it, so there's no point in suing them. Mm-hmm. Other than if they persist, then obviously you have to defend your property rights. But as long as they comply, which as far as I know, like I know like there was a Metroid 4 fan game that was being made and they decided to completely abandon the mother branding and all that kind of stuff in order to not get desisted oh, before they could finish it yeah. um so it works in terms of nintendo keeping people from using their stuff there was a pokemon game i think that also had the same yeah there's been a good type number. of thing happened to it so it's it's interesting um but yeah I'm, i mean i'm glad it's out right once it's once it was published it's not you can find it like it's not one of those things that is gone forever you can right. always get it still so that's good i mean you can't stop really like the internet at large from distributing something if they want to bad enough Mm -hmm. so it's good that it still exists i mean i'm super happy about that um and i i don't know i i I don't know anything about the numbers in terms of sales but i'm sure am2r did not hurt the sales of samus returns no because if anything it probably helped because like well, I mean, I, I probably would have bought the Metroid game, Samus Returns, anyway, just because I like Metroid games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't imagine there are a whole lot of people who were like, oh, AM2R's out, so I don't need to play Samus Returns now. I mean, they're not the same game at all. I don't know. It's not like the fan game was stealing from Nintendo's ideas at large. It's just like, the, the, I've having played both, they're nothing alike. Oh, yeah, they're completely <laughs> you know? different. And honestly, it's... It's funny because they just remade the game in completely different ways. Oh, yeah. I would argue that Samus Returns is not really a remake at all other than... I mean, the narrative is the same and the basic premise is the same, but everything else about it is completely different than the original game. Mm -hmm. Because I've been playing the original a little bit, too. Oh, yeah. And the original is interesting, right? It was made for the Game Boy, so it had some pretty severe limitations. (laughs) Um, To say the least. I mean, for for the time, it was pretty good, although it suffers from two huge issues. One is that the screen of the original Game Boy was terrible. Oh, yeah. It's like the tiniest resolution. And just the the blurriness of it and the monochrome green. or Well, it's not quite monochrome, but you know what I mean. The four colors. The four-color green yeah. that were really... Like, I forget how bad playing on a real Game Boy was. I mean, because I haven't used one in a long time. I don't know. I, n- I never really played on an original Game Boy. I played... I think I had a Game Boy Pocket or Color. The Pockets were much better. Because yeah. I had a Pocket as well. And they actually... Were, they weren't green. I think they were black and white. Mm. Or, like, gray. They were, like, various gray colors. Yeah, they the abandoned green the green. I, <laughs> yeah, my, my grandmother had a Game Boy, and she would play... Tetris and Paperboy, and trying to play Paperboy on a on a classic Game Boy is just like the most torturous experience. So it's interesting that it was released 
originally for Game Boy just because it's such a bizarre platform for a game like that. But I think, given the circumstances, they did a pretty good job, right? They zoomed everything in significantly mm-hmm. because otherwise you'd never be able to see what was going on. So Samus is this huge, well-designed and well-animated sprite. The environments are pretty linear, um, although it, you know, it has two fatal flaws, like I said. One is it does not have a map of any kind, which is a disaster for a game like this because it is so zoomed in, you have a very... At least I found myself having a lot of difficulty figuring out where I was in relation right. to other things. And without a map, you just have to keep going in one direction until you figure out where you are. It's not such a big game that you can't do that in a reasonable amount of time, mm-hmm. but it is incredibly annoying by modern standards. And then the second flaw is basically lack of versatility with its design. It's a very rigid game, like mechanically. Mm-hmm. You can sh- you can shoot in more directions than you could in the original Metroid. So you can shoot left, right, up, or down now, and that's a big help. But you can't. I mean, having played modern Metroid games and being able to shoot at a diagonal angle, mm-hmm. going back to just four cardinal directions is very difficult. And the the Metroids when they attack you can get in spots where you can't really hit them very easily without a diagonal shot. Mm-hmm. So. It becomes kind of a pain. They're a lot simpler, of course, right? They don't have a whole lot of AI to them. They right. just kind of they just kind of move towards you and hit you. I mean, it's like the same three fights in the entire game, basically, right? Yeah, I mean, there are, you know, a few different kinds of Metroid types, but basically they're all the same. You just shoot them in the face with missiles until they're dead, and they just kind of hop at you and try to kill you, and then they have a couple of different attacks, yeah. but they're it's basically the same thing. It's not a complicated game in terms of its fight mechanics at all Mm -hmm. simpler than uh the original metroid was in many ways um right that just makes sense yeah but i think like if you play that game on an emulator or like the the super game boy where you actually get a little bit of color (laughs) yeah it helps immensely It's it's a much much better game that way and like i say for the time it was actually a pretty solid game in its own right i'm kind of surprised to some extent that it was basically forgotten by everybody well, except um, for the, all the people that wanted a remake, apparently. I think they only wanted a remake because they didn't really like the original game. That's the whole thing, right? I don't know. Like, from what I hear, everyone that wanted a remake is like, oh, I played this when I was a kid and I loved it and I really want want to see it get the love that, you know, the original Metroid did and Zero Mission. Oh, interesting. Okay, well, that's interesting to know because, well, you know, when you're younger and you have the kind of time to spend on games like that. <laughs> yeah. You remember them differently, right? Like, I didn't. I never played Metroid Two as in my younger days, mm-hmm. so I didn't have any experience with it. So playing it now, I'm just kind of like, yeah, like I, I appreciate what it did, and I think it's a, I think it's a pretty good game, honestly. But I wouldn't really consider it to be a really great Metroid game on its own. Right. I mean, it's pretty different from the from the Metroid formula as established by the original game and by Super Metroid. Yeah, I mean, the one thing it did introduce, of course, that didn't really get reintroduced until Metroid Prime, I think, was the Spider Ball. Yeah, which is weird. Like, that's a great item. And I, I have I have feelings about the Spider Ball, but we, we can talk about it when we get... I want to, like, talk about mechanics and kind of compare and contrast what the AM2R and Sam's Returns did. But, yeah. The, uh... Well... Yeah, so I'm, I, with Sam's Returns, obviously the biggest change was... Well, I, they made a lot of changes, actually. There's a lot in this game. Oh, yeah. Um, so different. <laughs> to its detriment, I think. I think it could have been uh, simplified a lot, and it would have been a better 
at least a more like wieldy game. Mm-hmm. For instance, there are a lot of things that you use right when you get them and then never again, like the freeze. Um, yeah, you barely ever... The free shot. I mean... You never use it hardly. I kind of used it on Metroids for a while, but then once I got, like, super missiles... Well, no. I guess once you fight the ones that are standing, I forget what, which ones those are called. But after after they're no longer flying, I stopped freezing them. Yeah, but you fight flying ones pretty deep into the game. Right. Well, I, I, I guess I did keep using it on them. I, I The exclusive reason I used it for was just freeze their stomachs and then that would usually make them go into a different phase where they would slow down and then i could just like get my my uh uh, counter hit right and kill them that that that's the only reason i ever use the free shot past like the first three puzzles you need to use it for right i mean that's what i mean in terms of like its integration into the entire game it's pretty weak right they they do a couple things with it and then you can totally play the game without it because i have been playing it without it entirely yeah basically like i haven't done any of the i haven't tried to freeze any of the metroids i've just been blasting them with missiles yep. and dodging their stuff especially once you get like the super jump or the space jump rather mm-hmm. makes it way easier yeah it's a lot easier so so that is an inclusion that's there i think for the sake of being a metroid game and not really for any better purpose yeah so that kind of was, bothered me a lot i was actually pretty sad about that like their use of like even the various suit and things like that they didn't feel as integrated. It just felt like, you know, they're calling it in. Yeah, there's a lot of that, though. Like, even, like, the new bar that governs, like, your special abilities, yeah. you know? On some level, I like a lot of it. Like, I like the super-powered shot you can do where you just, mm-hmm. like, have rapid fire that does... that. That's pretty cool. Um, and they integrate it pretty well for the most part. There are some things that it's useful to use against and some things that you have to use it against. Right. But, like, the slowing down time, I feel like, is just in there as an extra thing. They use it a couple times, but most of the time I forgot it even existed. If you go for upgrades, which I am a completionist, so I tend to do a lot of that, you actually have to use it a fair bit. Yes. And and I, I kind of like the idea, because it's, it's basically the alternative to the super, uh, or not the, the speed boost, right? Right. Which I, I, I kind of like that. I think it's kind of a elegant way to make an alternative to that that functions in a very similar fashion i like the idea a lot i just think the integration was poor um right i I actually really dislike that you have to select that on the d-pad and like hit a button like donkey in the video i was actually watching his like small review he he talked about by the end of the game you have all these mechanics and you're just like flipping your ds over because of how much like button pressing and switching and things you have to do to really like juggle your abilities during fights and during uh particular puzzles yeah i don't think the the 3ds is the best uh (laughs) controller setup for this kind of game honestly um i hate absolutely hate navigating with that stupid thumbstick it gets really Uh, tiring yeah it's a two game it's a 2d game and it's like there are a bunch of times where you have to roll and then get out of a roll really quickly and then back into a roll and it's nightmarish to try to do with that stupid thumbstick and they have a perfectly good D-pad that they use for these yep. other things, which uh, I don't understand why they did it that way. It just doesn't... Apparently, you It's very, can, very frustrating. I never did this, but... Or I tested it, but I can never, like, integrate it into my gameplay. If you tap the map while playing, it would just automatically toggle between Morph Ball and Normal. That sounds more difficult than just doing it with a thumbstick, though. It... 
it is for me, which is why I use the thumbstick, but then I would get fatigue from having to thumbstick up, down, down, and up all the time. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it was it, it's a bad situation regardless, right? Which is why I'm such a big fan of, like, when I go back to play the old games and have to use the, the like, down, down shortcut, I, I really mm-hmm. miss, like, the dedicated button, like you get in Prime, and um, I think AM2R has a dedicated button. I forget, it's been a little while. It does, I think, yeah. It must, because I, I don't remember having to like hit down down all the time. Yeah, I, I'm not a I'm not too bummed out about having to hit down twice to do it. I mean, if you have the right mapping to do it, a, a, a D pad makes that a thousand times easier. Right, that's true. Because there's no oh, it's basically a button. Right, there's it's a button. It's not a return to center of an analog right motion. So. It, like I say, it, it's it's baffling to me. I would much rather select your items with that thumbstick than than control Samus that way. And of course, being Nintendo, they refuse to let you customize the control layout, which is infuriating as well. So it's a game that just is is so. It's for a mobile game essentially, mm-hmm. or a handheld game. It's hilarious how big it tries to be, and I think that's kind of its biggest shortcoming it didn't it didn't think like okay what do we have to our advantage in this form factor Mm -hmm. and instead they went with oh how many how many metroid things can we cram in here yeah it definitely felt that way um i mean i i in there's a lot of things in samus returns that i really enjoyed but overall i was kind of i guess kind of disappointed like I, i was i was expecting something a little more um and and I, I, I kind of get some of the reasons why they did things. So, for example, I actually really like the idea of using an, the analog stick to move, even if it does get tiring because of the DS, because as a result, you get the analog aim. And I thought that was really good, actually. It, it feels really, really nice. It feels really smooth. Like, for me, I was like, damn, yeah, this is what I want from now on. Like, I really like this analog aim. And, like, that, that was just like a big upgrade compared to playing you know aim2r where you have the traditional kind of uh, super metroid controls in terms of the diagonal aiming and all that like it works but it's it's just a little more limited right yeah i mean that comes down to enemy placement and stuff too right mm-hmm. the the enemies are much more free form in their positioning in right. samus returns and i think you're right i mean the the analog aiming is good especially when you lock samus into place so that you can just kind of swing your right. arm around and aim that works very very well and i completely agree with you i just wish you didn't move that way you know what i mean it'd be cool if you could move with the d-pad and then when you then switch over and use the analog stick for aiming and that would auto lock you to where you are right of course then you couldn't really move and shoot very well so right there are problems with right. that obviously i i guess i enjoy the analog movement it's it's literally just the the analog stick for the for the ds is not my favorite basically is what it comes down to I mean, I, I don't feel like it hindered me to such a degree that it was impossible to play, obviously. I just don't particularly like analog control for a 2D plane, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, that's fair. It just seems unnecessary and, and not quite as precise. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, I mean, I, I feel like... I mean, Samus Returns feels like it, in a lot of ways, just dialed in or called in the the Metroid things. And obviously, like... It sticks to Metroid 2 pretty strictly from what I can tell in terms of just like, here you go, it's a very linear game, linear world, you just kind of go and do things. 
but like they really tried to refine the mechanics in terms of modernizing and i thought that worked pretty well in a lot of ways um i'm not i wasn't a huge fan of like the the how you use the aeon abilities like like we were saying like you have to kind of do the d-pad to select the thing and like sometimes you have to toggle things on and off and it just felt clumsy compared to like i actually really like the missile controls um or the power bomb controls where you just have a toggle it's like a shift button right and you just Mm -hmm. can select like oh i'm shooting missiles now and that felt really intuitive for me by comparison Missiles were great. The, the, what I think they they missed the mark on in terms of the Aeon abilities was they could have done what Metroid Prime did, which is have a default blank state, and then they could have just had you press up, left, right, mm-hmm. or down, or whatever, and then that automatically selects it for you. Because what how how it works now, you have to you have to press the D pad to select the ability you want, then you have to toggle A right on or to press it on or off so that removes a from your control scheme entirely which means you can't do anything else which actually is a pain yeah yeah a should have been the morph button is what oh that would have been great that would have been so good i use that way more often like scan i guess you use kind of often but if i just hit up i'd be happy with that exactly and like i said that's how metroid prime works with the visors and the weapon choices right yeah i don't you just you just flick the thumbstick up or down and then there you are then you're Good to well, go. they just—I don't get that because that—that makes perfect sense. Were they worried that you would just like accidentally hit the D-pad and toggle something on? Like that seems like a an unnecessary extra button to like toggle something on. Yeah, I think they they wanted to implement four Aeon abilities and then were like, oh crap, how do we map these now? I, I don't think they thought about the control first. I think they thought about the abilities first. And then work their way towards control, which is not the way they should have but done it. It seems like such an easy um, thing to change last minute, because, like you're saying, I mean, if I if we could just change the A button to be toggle morph ball, and ch- and then just make hitting up trigger the scan, hitting right turn on and off the the super shot, whatever, like just yeah. just hitting the buttons trigger them on and off, like that's perfect. That's all I need. The other thing too is like, you can you can turn on more than one ability at a time. Which is never necessary that I can remember, but it is a big pain in the butt because you can drain your Aeon meter real fast if you do that accidentally, and it's very oh, yeah. easy to do accidentally. I did it many, many times because you'll you'll move from one area to the next, and you'll forget that you have one of them on. Like I, I would have the 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 rapid fire right. on, and then I would forget it was on, and then I would need to turn on like the the electricity protector thing, mm-hmm. and then I'd turn that on, and then I was like, oh, now I'm and you're totally. Out screwed because i'd you know have to i'd kill one enemy and then that would totally drain it and then i'd be running through the thing and it's you know it's a timed thing it doesn't last forever for the uh electricity barrier so you just yeah you run out of you run out of the aeon meter really really quickly and then you're out of luck because then you have to go find some enemies to shoot and sometimes depending on the area you're in um you, you recover aeon very very slowly so right uh that it's it's a, it's really a bit of a chore yeah, the enemy placement I think too was really bad because <laughs> they're every all every enemy is placed to hinder your progress, right? There's no smooth way to do it really, and that's because all the enemies charge at you. But it's funny because you, as as you progress through the game, you know this game has, in my opinion, some pretty nice movement systems, and as and as a result, you kind of just want to zoom through the world, and exactly, and the yeah. enemies just get in the way. Right, especially even even later on, like you you have the the shine spark, 
and like you can just fly through things. Or not giant spark. Um, uh, screw attack. The screw attack. Yeah, uh, you have the screw attack, um, and you can just fly through enemies. But then there are still enemies that you have to hit twice, so they still bump you and get in the way. I don't know. Yeah, it, that's what I'm talking about. Like they designed the world, and then it seems like they populated with enemies, and then it was like, okay, there's really nowhere to move freely because of it, right? Because there are enemies everywhere and they're always in the exact place that you need to go Mm -hmm. so there's no way to move quickly around them you have to kill them basically and in the early part of the game killing them takes a really long time it's incredibly annoying to do right repeatedly especially if you have to backtrack to an area you've been to already they respond pretty quickly like from when you yeah you don't have to go very far out before they come back um whereas i feel like in the other metroid games in every other metroid game i can think of you can basically just run past stuff. And you can't do that in Samus Returns until you get the space jump, basically. That's the only. That's really, finally, when the game op- really, truly, to me, opened up and I felt like I could actually move around like I wanted to. Right. Um, which is a nice reward, but it's a long slog until you get there. It's very true. Yeah, I mean, so I, I've played some of the 2D Metroid games and, like, the thing I'm finding is that, you know, the the be-all, end-all ability you tend to get is the the uh, screw attack after you get the space jump. And, like, I have kind of mixed feelings about it because it just feels like this way of making everything just disappear from the world. Like, you can just fly through everything. Which, it feels good in some ways, but then, like, there's there's this lack of challenge suddenly in a lot of places. I, I'm just kind, of, just kind of talking about how I felt about it because I felt the same way in AM2R and in Samus Returns and in Zero Mission. Like, you have the screw attack and you can kind of just fly through everything that was there before. And it just feels like a cop-out in terms of design, in terms of getting around the world. <laughs> I think, uh, so the screw attack originated way back in Metroid, right? And in that game, it's incredibly satisfying to get because the enemies are very, very annoyingly difficult. They're, they're, they have patterns that will knock you off your course. Not unlike... Uh, Sam's return. So in that respect, you know, they are, I think, accurate to a particular type of Metroid game. But yeah, like in Super Metroid, I'm trying to remember exactly when you get it. It's pre- it's pretty late in the game. And by that point, you just want to blow past everything anyway. So I'm not really that upset about mm-hmm. its overpoweredness. And I don't really feel like it was that overpowered in Samus Returns, honestly. There's still plenty of enemies that hit you, like little bugs that explode. Like those guys don't they still hurt you if you hit them with the with the screw attack. So, I don't think it's an especially uh, overpowered item in that game in particular. No, I, I don't think so either. It's just it just feels like a strange inclusion. Like I feel like there should be better ways to to get around the world. I mean, yeah, the space jump on its own probably would be fine if you could shoot while doing it, maybe, which you can't do, of course. That 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 might actually be like, I don't know, in, just from a design perspective, like. The screw attack takes away your ability to fire. Instead, you attack by bumping into things. Whereas shooting is like the primary mode of damage before that. So it, it would be right. kind of nice if they integrated it somehow. Yeah, anyway. It's just kind of like a tangent, but something I've been thinking about. But yeah, actually, you, you touched upon this a little bit. You are talking about like the, love, the, the design of the world. It feels like they just kind of you know set it up, place the enemies. And I, I mean, for me, like I started playing... Metroid Prime, that's where I started my love of Metroid. Um, and Aim2R takes a lot of notes from Metroid Prime 
and I, I I really feel it's it's like the missing elements in this game, <laughs> primarily like the lack of lore or like explanation of things. I really really like how Amtoir did it because it's just kind of explaining, giving you background, optional background around around everything. And it, it fits because the world actually has personality. The different areas have personality. Whereas in Samus Returns, it just felt like corridors and corridors and corridors. I can't tell you how Area 6 is different from Area 3 or Area 8 or Area 1. They look, they feel the same, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas AM2R did this beautiful job of like, you know, they, they gave everything a personality. They, they make things have reasons to be there, more or less, right? It's like this old Chozo harvested world, like most of the things you encounter. Uh, I yeah, I just I just find that lack of like kind of world personality and even a little bit of lore like just really really missing. And it's like while I enjoyed playing mechanically the game, I didn't feel this drive to finish it. I was just like, you know, I guess I'm doing the the things that they require me to do. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, it's funny that I didn't really notice how how samey the game feels but you're absolutely right um there's very little to distinguish the areas from each other mm-hmm. you know there are a couple fire areas that you can't go into until you have the barrier suit or varia suit whatever and then um and on those are those feel different obviously because everything's right. red and hot or whatever but that but there are only a couple of those areas and and that's it really everything else the backgrounds all look the kind of the and same the fire areas aren't even grouped together right they're like just randomly strewn about yeah there was definitely it seems like there was definitely a hierarchy of how they put this game together and the first was like how how does it going to work mechanically mm-hmm. right what are you going to have to have to get to this area to get to this area to get to this area and then where are we going to place the metroids in there so that there's uh, a relatively evenly distributed amount of of challenge and and action mm-hmm. i don't think they thought at all about the story of this game at all i mean that's not any different than Metroid 2, the original right. game. Th- there's no story in that game. I mean, there is kind of at the end, but, um, you know, there's no there's no lore to pick up or anything like that. You just are going. Uh, it's one of those, you got to read it in the manual type of deals. <laughs> and and I don't mind that personally. I don't think that really makes Samus Returns a, a worse game. But I would have liked more environmental storytelling because... The, the world doesn't seem to be telling any kind of story at all. It just seems to exist for the sake of existing. Right. And that's a big problem, right? You you want your game, especially since other Metroid games have done this extremely right. well. Uh, Super Metroid's a great example. I would say even the original Metroid is a good example of this. The music is, is different, like drastically different between areas that you go mm-hmm. to. Um, yes, there are a lot of long black corridors where the background is just like the same color, but the walls are a different color. Um, the enemy types are extremely different. This game, like, there's a really limited number. Samus Returns, it is. There's a really limited number of enemy types. There aren't really that many. There's there maybe like six or seven tops. Yeah, sometimes they have like a colored palette swap, so they're a little bit harder. Uh, I think there's some flying guys that have like an electricity ability later on, but they're basically the same as the regular flying right. guys. There's just a lack of variety and creativity in the enemies. So you don't get a sense that you're you're moving through a mm-hmm. world. You just get the sense that you're digging through some tunnels, basically. Right. I mean, that's definitely how it feels, especially with well, okay the the way the way the original and Aim to R do the whole progression where you like kill enough Metroids for the lava to lure. Like, yeah, that's pretty pretty dumb, kind of gamey. 
Um, but like, yeah, and that's taken straight from the original. But game. like the way Samus Returns does it, it's in some ways almost worse. It's like the Chozo <laughs> have set up these machines that you need to inject just the right amount of Metro DNA to lower the purple goop acid. <laughs> yeah, it makes no sense, and like they're huge yeah. too, right? Like. They have, like, I forget how many spots each one of them has, but most of them only take up maybe three or four. I think four. there's only one that uses, like, the eight or ten of the max that they have, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, why are they so big? Yeah, there's <laughs> why just is very this little here? logic. Who thought to put this here? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, in the original game, you just kill a bunch of Metroids, and then all of a sudden the Earth shakes around right. you, and then you can go a new place. There's no reason for that really, other than mechanically, that's right. how they keep you from going into areas you're not supposed to go to yet. That's it. Right. I mean, AM2R kept it exactly the same. And while it's kind of weird, kind of dumb, it, whatever. Like, I, I just think it didn't really need to be changed. Yeah. I mean, you can kind of maybe make up your own headcanon type of deal where the Metroids have some kind of link to the world that they're in. And so when enough of them die, like they're whatever, yeah. I don't know. It's one of those stupid things that you can just kind of make up some backstory for for yourself. Because when somebody tries to explain it, as they did in Sam's Returns, it just seems... It, it calls more attention right, to it. exactly. And so it seems weirder than it would otherwise. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's just... it definitely You definitely notice that they spent a lot of time thinking about the mechanics, like you said. And, like, really figuring out how, how, how do we modernize the 2D Metroid game. And I think in a lot of ways they succeeded. I just think that there's like tweaks they could have made to really make it stand out. And obviously they didn't pull anything from like Metroid Prime in terms of like world building and lore. They just stuck to the original in so many ways. Yeah. It's... I'm trying to think of how I would categorize the game because on the one hand it's very well done in terms of its... Like, like you know, like we've talked about mechanically, it's sound... It is. It behaves like you expect it to. Like, um, you know, there aren't there aren't major problems with regard to uh, things doing what you don't expect, right? Yeah, maybe like you don't crouch into the morph ball as as easily as you'd like to, but there aren't problems with enemies behaving in weird ways. You know, they're predictable. Um, you can master the mechanics and therefore make it so that you can do all the things you need to do without taking damage right so if you're good enough at the game you don't have to worry about just force taking damage like you would in some games that are kind of a little wonkier in terms of the like the tightness of that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. so that's really good but i don't know i kind of would have traded a little bit of the solidity of its mechanical design for a little more fun (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean i know exactly what you mean i i I mean, my main thing was just, like, this lack of motivation and interest. Yeah. One thing I actually do like quite a bit is um, I like the the proximity uh, alarm. Oh, to the Metroids? Yeah. Um, it doesn't work 100% the way you would think. Like, sometimes it points you to, like, the, the hatched carcass. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you kind of have to, like, navigate around and find out where the actual Metroid is. And that's not ideal. It kind of misleads you a little bit, and then you have to use the scan ability, um, which is fine. I mean, it's not a huge deal, but it's a little annoying because you think you get there, and then you just find the carcass. You're like, ah, crap! Now I have to. Oh, and then you have to like explode this hole in the wall to like go to the real room that the Metroid's in, or some shit. Yeah, and the thing is, they tuck so much stuff into such so many compact areas, right? Like there'll be maybe four 
different offshoots of an area and you won't know which is the metroid one and then which is just some mm-hmm. like a missile power up or an aeon power up whatever and you that's know, like honestly the entire design of the game like continue area be told you need to kill two to eight metroids or some shit and then it's just like all right go go find out which rooms are metroids and which rooms are power-ups yeah i mean and power-ups are fine i think they over it's like overkill there's more there's way too many there are more missiles than you'll ever need oh yeah I've like I have like two hundred some. I've never gone below like two hundred <laughs> since I got that many. It got to the point where I'd find a power up instead of the Metroid and I'd be like, oh yeah. crap. Like I, I don't want this. I don't care. Just get me to the Metroid. You I don't think you want to do that in your game, you know? You want people to be excited about uh finding something that's gonna help their arsenal. Right. Um, I mean I- it's a tough it's a tough balance because you, you risk if you go if you go the other way, you risk having players be uh, being extremely underpowered for where they should mm-hmm. be but sam's returns definitely errs on the side of uh too much because honestly in terms of numbers of weapons like i i don't remember a single time where i didn't have enough and you can always earn back more missiles and stuff during the fights mm-hmm. right you know like the metroids the regular metroids drop these little blue balls that you can shoot and you can get more health and missiles that way um the driller um uh, drops those big green blobs all the time which basically totally refill your health and ammo all the same time basically in one Mm -hmm. go which is nice because you need all that ammo for that fight in particular it's weird that fight is weirdly designed in that regard difficult given the rest of the game it's it's hard to learn its patterns i think but once you learn the patterns it's actually pretty well it's it's not Um, a hard fight when you know the patterns i guess my point is like you get to it and it's just like this extremely punishing thing right and it they, is very they, it's like a big wall where they force you to learn these patterns whereas other metro or like all the bosses the metroids up to that point you're just like oh i just murder you and i can be as sloppy as i want yeah you can be pretty sloppy in those fights as long as you're the the underbelly vulnerability that the metroids have kind of irked me a little mm-hmm. bit uh sometimes the hitboxes are not where i you would think they would be it's also weird that you can't just shoot a metroid in the face to kill it you know yeah. what i mean like it's bizarre that they just like are immune in certain areas and not others but anyway yeah those are pretty those are much more freeform fights because there are multiple methods of taking them down yes basically you have to shoot them in the underbelly but you can also do the uh what do you call them like the parry moves Mm -hmm. on them and those kinds of things which which help right but the the driller is very specific and it has phases real phases right i mean it's one of like the few real bosses yeah basically it feels almost more like a shoot 'em up type boss yeah, than a Metroid definitely. boss. I mean, and, and they like build it up the whole time. I don't know. Th- this is where I where I look at AM2R and I'm like, I really like how they did things in that game because the Driller, I, I I haven't finished Samus Returns. I haven't fought the Metroid Queen, but like the Driller's kind of this the recurring antagonist, right? Um, like you're right. just on your genocide mission, and then this guy shows up, gets in your way. <laughs> All you wanted to do was kill some Metroids. <laughs> um and so like they build it up a lot and in a lot of ways it does pay off because the there's the chase sequence and then the actual boss fight like it's a hard it's a hard thing so like it doesn't under deliver in that regard so i guess that's good um and then you get the power bomb which like it's stupid op in samus returns especially how easy it is to get ammo like after that any metroid is a trivial thing because you just power bomb and destroy them immediately but like in aim to our 
I mean, I, I'd love to talk more about it because, like, they have all these bosses that obviously weren't in the original game, and they're so good. Oh my god! Yeah. Like the and you, I mean, when for example, when you get the space jump, right, and you get it, you get the power up from the Chozo statue, and you're like, "Holy shit! I'm a god! I can fly around!" Oh yeah! And you go to leave, and the room's not opening, and you're like, "Oh, what's what's going on now?" And the Chozo statue gets up, and you gotta fight it, and it's you know kind of harkens back to uh, Super Metroid. Except for this guy is legit. Like he's really hard to fight. You beat you beat him, and then it turns out, oh, he's got a second form, and the room opens up, and now there are spikes on the floor, and you're just fighting it while space jumping the whole time, and and right. it's such a crazy thing, but it's such a good fight, and it's hard, and it forces you to learn how to use the space jump immediately. I don't know. I just thought it was a brilliant fight, and it's not completely optional. And there's a ton of fights like that strewn throughout the game, and they're all really good. Yeah, I just thought like that that is a proper like obviously it's not. It's very different from the original Metroid 2, but, like, that's a proper remake. They, they've, they like, really added a lot to the game that adds adds to it. It's not just, like, I am here to destroy Metroids. So I don't have as much experience with uh, AM2R as you do. Uh, I've played it a little bit, and uh, I probably made it maybe a third of the way through, something like that, or maybe halfway. And I enjoyed it a lot. My, my issue with it is not in the design of the game itself so much with regard to things like what you're talking about, like with the bosses mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. My issue is more that it latched on to some of the movement mechanics that the, um, that zero mission and, uh, Metroid fusion mm-hmm. had. And this is kind of more just a, a personal taste issue than anything else. I really disliked the art in uh, zero mission and i really disliked the like the sound effects and those kinds of things okay and they're those are basically borrowed wholesale for am2r so aesthetically it was just a game that just put me ah, off I a see. lot yeah it's weirdly i don't know what it is about it like the the blockiness of the um the sprites yeah the sprites are a little blocky and like it, it's very much it just seems to lack the smoothness and the kind of freeform nature that super metroid established Super Metroid has this really great like physics aspect to it mm-hmm. where your momentum really matters. A, yeah, it's very you play a very heavy Samus. Like comparing yeah. comparing Samus in uh, like I hadn't played Metroid games until Metroid Prime. So whenever I used her in Smash Brothers, I was like, "Wow, she's really floaty and weird." But that's exactly how she is in Super Metroid. That's what she's like in Super Metroid. And yes, it's kind of hard to get used to at first, but well, it can be if you're used to other Metroid games, I should say. <laughs> Especially, like, the first two are, are you know, very rigid. Uh, the animations look rigid and those mm-hmm. kinds of things in certain places. <clears throat> Super Metroid is such a fluid-feeling game. And then they totally backtracked on that for Metroid Fusion and Zero Mission. And the reason for that is because it was using the one of the Wario game engines, right? And I'm sure there were just limitations on what they could do. They didn't want to build a whole new engine to make those games. So in terms of physics, they just lack, they lack a finesse and kind of, um, I don't know. There's just, there's just a feeling about playing those games. I don't like And AM2R unfortunately mimics those because that's, even though it was built using totally different, you know, uh, I think it's game maker technology essentially. Yeah. Um, and it feels pretty good for the most part. I mean, it's not a bad game at all in that regard. It's just when you, prefer one thing over the other it's hard for at least for me it was really hard to get over get over that and and that's one thing to to sam's returns his credit is it, it does feel 
better to move Samus around more generally than it does in any of the other 2D games outside of Super Metroid. Right. So with AM2R, it's like, I, I messed around with it, I played it, and then I was like, all right, this is basically just a a better Zero Mission, so cool. Like, <laughs> I, I got, basically, I got out what I wanted out of it, like, very, very quickly. I see. That's funny, because for me, like, well, I, I guess you're mentioning your dislike of Zero Mission. For me, like, the things that really drew me to continue playing game to our were, like, the lore and world building, and, like, I don't know, I got to the point that I just really wanted to complete it, and there's a lot of interesting stuff in there that they've added that I, I mean, I, I didn't have experience with the first one, but I was not expecting a lot of the things because I had no idea what to expect. So for example, I don't dislike the, the, uh, sensor for Metroids that like kind of gives you a warning in Samus Returns, but I actually really like a name to our, where you, you s- almost stumble into onto Metroids and like you see, you see their husk, right? Their shell. And you're like, Oh, Metroid's coming up. And, like, Metroids aren't really trivial in that game. I mean, they're not super trivial in Samus Returns, but they're, you know, they're a fight. So, like, it would always it would always get me ready, right? And that, that was a cool feeling. Um, not necessarily knowing when it might happen, because you would see it, and you'd be like, oh, shit, it could, it could be around the corner. And sometimes it would be pretty far away from there. But you knew you were approaching it, and then you would, like, sometimes just stumble into a room, and you're like, holy shit, Metroid's right here. I am not ready for this fight right now. And like that, that was a really exhilarating feeling for me that I enjoyed. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things that the original Metroid 2 does extremely well also. I mean, that's taken straight from that game. You go around, you're searching around, all of a sudden you see you see the, the husk. And then you're like, okay, I know there's a Metroid around here. And once you enter the fight, you can't just escape, right? You have to, mm-hmm. even though there's no like real barrier. From, like in, in Samus Returns, I can't remember an AM2R if it's like this or not, but like the, the doors like close, you know, and... You're you're literally trapped there. Metroid Two basically just it just blocks you from exiting the screen, which is you yeah. Know, you could actually run away from Boy, Metroid but... and Name Two R. I I did it several times. I was like, I can't do this right now. And I would run away and come back in. And obviously, you have to restart the fight. But like, I'd come in more ready <laughs> if I could get away. Some other time, like the level getting into the level is actually, a, or getting into the the battle arena is actually troubling or like a difficult thing to do. Yeah, I mean, that's that's an instance where the game builds suspense in a way, an effective way, right? Sam's Returns is one of those things where it's like, there's so many things to find. We've got to give you a better, a more precise way of finding out where your target is. Because if we don't do that, you're very unlikely to find yeah, them. Yeah, the, the world's just so compact. And the, scan, the scanner actually does a decent job. Like, it, it definitely is better than, like... Don't you get the scan visor in Super Metroid, right? I, I think it's a, a better thing than that. I, I'm like, I'm, I'm mixed on it. I, I, I like it from a gameplay mechanics perspective because it doesn't interrupt gameplay, and that's really great. And in some ways, I that's why I like the the scan visor in the Metroid Prime games because you you can just keep walking around and moving around to see things. It interrupts to some degree, but but it's it's not like oh stop moving and now scan. But I do feel like it's it's the the scan the scanner ability in Samus Returns is like almost a little too much where you can just just scan all the time scan 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 yeah I mean they try to balance it with the, the fact that it uses Aeon so you can't just spam it all the time but you can still yeah you you still can spam it quite a bit <laughs> um, so yeah I mean 
I know a lot of the complaints were that it was it made the game a little too easy to figure out where you're supposed to go. I don't really, th- I didn't feel that was the case in my playthrough. Uh, I still found it to be kind of annoying to find. I mean, you still have to scan every nook and cranny, in my opinion, which gets tedious. I don't know. Yeah, and you have to, well, and you have to figure out the tricks, right? Like, there are plenty of areas where you can't lay bombs down because they have the f- fans oh, God, that exist for literally no reason dumb, at all. Like, mechanic. Yeah, they just aim at things randomly, and they're like in these rock caverns. It just it, literally they're, they're makes no exclusive. sense. They like exist. I would see them, and I'm like, oh, there's a puzzle here that I need to solve in some creative way. Of course, once you get the power bomb, it doesn't matter because the power bomb just breaks everything. <laughs> right. I mean, and that's not untrue of other Metroid games, right? Like the fact that you can't break it. Like some blocks have to be broken with bombs, some have to be broken with missiles. Like that's a stupid game thing there's no logical reason why you couldn't just blow up any rock with any kind of explosive that's just something you have to accept with metroid games because they've never figured out how to make them work mechanically so you know they haven't figured out a way to integrate the environment with the mechanics of the game to a very good degree i would argue but in in sam's returns they are very obvious and weirdly Mm -hmm. uh world-breaking yeah I mean, in my opinion, it's just kind of like mechanically plays well. I mean, they they kind of turned Samus into a ninja. It's it plays a lot like uh, plays like a two D version of uh, other M in a lot of ways. Not not in a bad way. It's way more entertaining. Well, the mechanics of combat in in other M were fine. Other than the missile thing, the missile thing was awful. It was annoying. I don't you, think it was awful. It stopped but it was your annoying. movement. Like that. That to me is like. Right, but there's no, nothing's designed in that game that requires you to move while shooting missiles. Right, but in my opinion is that that takes away from the experience. It's kind of how we're talking about, or how I mentioned like the, the, uh, shit, I always forget the name. <laughs> the screw attack. Kind of how the screw attack uh, takes away, in my opinion, takes away from the, the experience of shooting things and having to time your attacks and all that. Like, yeah, anyway. I I just don't like it's the same idea of having to stop yourself to scan things like it feels feels like it it cuts the gameplay and and cuts your flow. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying there weren't better solutions possible. I'm just saying in in other M specifically, it didn't bother me too much because the world was designed with that limitation in mind for the most part. But the other mechanics, the moving the general moving mechanics of Samus were actually pretty good considering it was a D-pad. It's hilarious to me that they'll use the (laughs) D-pad on the Wii remote for 3D movement, but they'll use an analog controller for 2D right. movement on the 3DS. It's just the most baffling stuff. Nintendo sometimes you have to... I mean, I know that the game wasn't developed by Nintendo. Right. Samus Returns. Actually, and neither were Other M. But, Wait, Other um, M was not? Oh, it was... No, it was developed that's by right, Team, Ninja. Team Ninja. I always forget. That's why it's... That's why it's... Basically, way Ninja it is Gaiden. In, in, mechanically. <laughs> I, I kind of wish it was more Ninja Gaiden than it, it actually is. But anyway... <laughs> Uh, it's just baffling that Nintendo makes these decisions and then they go... It's like they don't think about the most logical method of control. They just go like, oh, okay, that'd be interesting. And like I know with Sakamoto, for Other M, he specifically wanted the game to be as simple to control as possible, which is why you use a D-pad for 3D movement, even though the nunchuck was yeah. available and was required by multiple games. It wasn't like it was a a huge deal and if you you know if they had to they could just package the game with one if you didn't mm-hmm. have one already they did that with other games so just it's baffling how they come to some of the conclusions they come to and i think with with regard to 
Sam's Returns anyway, it was just a a free for all in terms of mechanical ideas, and there was very little oversight in in how to how to pare stuff down so that it was it made sense and it wasn't over over uh, you know too much of a burden on players because I think I think there's too much there's too much to have to remember in that game mechanically. Um, you know, I, I tried to solve several puzzles for quite a while before remembering that I had some mechanic that I'd only used once before, and that's just not a that's just not a good way to design games, in my opinion. Which is something that AM2R gets around entirely by sticking pretty closely to already established Metroid mechanic right. tropes. No, I'd agree with that. I, I do think that like AM2R is for a fan game amazingly well polished. And introduces a lot of great content, whereas, whereas Samus Returns really does like, kind of try to tread new ground in the two D space. And I think they do a great job in a lot of ways. I, I would love to see a follow up that like focuses more on, you know, keeping those mechanics, refining them, making them easier to use, and like giving giving more interesting content around it. That'd be great. Yeah, I mean, we didn't really talk about it a whole lot, but the parrying mm-hmm. mechanic in Sam's Returns actually is really good. The problem with it is not how it works. The problem is how the enemies are designed. Uh, I think so it's for overused, instance, there are several yeah. times. Well, yeah, basically every enemy charges you at some point. There are very few that don't. And while they're charging, if you time your parry well, basically Samus swings her gun arm, her yeah. arm cannon, and then makes them vulnerable for like a quick kill. Mm-hmm. And that's it's satisfying to do it feels good to do it but yeah like you said it's overused because basically every enemy has a charge attack and the result of that is if you get more than one enemy type on the screen at a time they don't charge at the same time so you can render one you know vulnerable then the other enemy will charge in to hit you and then you can no longer do the quick kill on the first enemy that you parried because they just you there's like a very short window where you can do it so the enemies just kind of like gang up on you and make it so that your most powerful move is pretty much worthless. I mean, which is very, very I, I definitely agree with that. I I had some like mixed feelings about it because it was annoying to feel that like the most powerful move I have is rendered useless. And early on, like using the parry is by far the most effective way to dispatch everything. And yeah, like that's how way. I was killing everything because it's just like shooting them with my gun takes forever. I'll just quick kill them. And get a bunch of Aeon returned and all that shit. Right, except it's not that quick because you have to wait for them to charge you. First, you have to wait for them to find you. Then you have to wait for them to charge you. And then you have to time it. So it's still but you slow, can still, right? Like, it's about positioning, which which is the thing that I wanted to get to that I actually enjoy. Like, you have to position yourself in a way because you sort of learn their patterns. And you position yourself so that they'll charge as quickly as possible and then you'll kill them quickly, right? So you, you establish this little loop. And when you have the multiple enemies, it's annoying that you have to, like, your most powerful move is kind of rendered useless. But at least for myself, I found myself, like, thinking more about, oh, how do I, given the group of enemies, how do I enter the encounter such that I can kill them one after another without getting them all to gang up on me? And that was actually kind of an interesting little puzzle to do. But I still think it was, it being, like, almost the optimal way to do things until you get the screw attack <laughs> was kind of like just too much to uh, you were doing it all the time well and the fact that some of the enemies will start charging you from off screen and you can't see oh them, god yeah i hated that that's poor right you shouldn't you shouldn't be vulnerable to enemies that you can't see and 
the screen size is not really the problem in the game. I mean, the, the game's world was not really uh, fit to the screen size, I don't think, in terms of amount of space you mm-hmm. have. Um, and I think that's reflected in where the enemies are, right? Because there are several times where you have to go up a ledge or something and you can't see what's above you, and that's fine. I mean, many, many Metro games are right. like that. But very rarely do they put you in a position where you're immediately going to get hit once you enter a new screen. Oh, yeah. Screen, the number of times I would jump up, I would jump up and immediately get hit by a bat or a little snail, or I would jump up and land on a platform and immediately get charged by a bat, and I'm like, well, that doesn't feel good. Right, and the, and the knockback is pretty severe, so you can knock you off your path pretty pretty significantly. Um, it's just, it just feels clumsy, and I think they just kind of peppered in enemies wherever they wanted to because they either they, they were calculating how much uh, Aeon and resources you would need, or they just were putting them in there just for the sake of putting them in there without putting a ton of thought, I don't think, into why they're there, which... I mean, there's some enemies that are placed well, right? Like the... The little guys that scurry out of the like holes. Oh yeah, those are cool. You know, the, the kind of that guys. block your progress. Yeah, so those are like you have to kind of go between them so that you don't get. Those are cool. I like the um, the turrets. I guess you could call them that exist. You know, they have the the red laser that comes out, and then they. Though I think those are are cool. I don't know why they exist, but uh, <laughs> we don't know why anything's there though. <laughs> yeah, I mean mechanically, I think they're interesting. But I think there's just like a lot of haphazardly placed stuff in the game. I mean, it feels that way to me. It's just, it's just, there's just things there. I mean, it feels like a really old school game in that regard, from that design perspective, which I don't think is a great thing for me. For me, I, I like having a little more cohesion to the world, and like, especially a world where it's not just level based, where you're actually like traversing a world and can. I mean, you're encouraged to backtrack because there's upgrades you can't get until. Um, or there's like power-ups and things you can't get until you get certain upgrades so it feels weird that it's just like enter an area and there's just guys chilling out i don't know yeah one thing actually that it introduced that i didn't really think to mention before now was the uh fast travel oh so my god yeah i don't think of any i can't think of any other metro games that have this i don't think there are any um aim to R has a fast travel method i really like how they did it it's a okay. little more integrated into the world, but yeah. Well, refresh my memory because I don't recall. Sure, in Aim to R, in one of the new areas that wasn't in the original game, you get to this like water processing, power production plant thing, and once you get to a certain area of it, you find these like kind of pipes, and if you go into one in, as a morph ball, you'll just be shot through them, and it's like a fast travel mechanism for morph ball items or whatever, and it turns out that there's once you get, once you do this, you have the upgrades you need to be able to leave and re-enter from the other side, and so then suddenly you have a fast travel mechanism that can take you to different parts of the world, um, and it's all centered around this one area inside that like uh, that plant where you know you you come out of one end and then you go into a different pipe and it takes you to a different end. So you have like a switch there, or like a a, a, a station. And I just like it because it's, it's, one, it's very quick. There's very little loading. And two, it just fits thematically. Like, they, they have set this place up. Right. Yeah, that's a pretty smart That's a pretty smart design, I think. Samus Returns is basically just warp points. Right. There are various statues that allow you to warp to other statues that you've discovered. And that's basically it. Basically, it's used to avoid backing 
you know, backtracking essentially right. from, you know, over large areas, right? Well, even over some small areas, like within a zone, within an area, you can have like three to five teleporters. Yeah, it kind of depends on the level, mm-hmm. I think. But yeah, but I don't know. I don't know how, how I feel about them because I felt like sometimes I'd be between two of them. Right. Or not so close to one that it was like really worth doing, especially if like the path to get to the warp point was more difficult than the path to get to where I was going in the first place. Right. So like there's this weird kind of tug of war between like, well, should I just go to the warp point or should I just go to where I'm going? Well, and in addition to that, like, at least for me, they felt vaguely inconvenient because of the fact that you had this pretty lengthy process of like stepping on the switch, which takes a couple seconds, mm-hmm. w- watching Samus step into the machine, and getting the ex- the the screen the message that says, "Hey, do you want to teleport?" and you say yes, and then you have to select where you're going. Like that's a pretty lengthy process, and then you get a loading screen. So right. you know you you could save time, but it's it still feels very slow as a user, at least for me. No, I agree. I think it. Uh, there's nothing that feels really fast about the game. Yeah. Uh, well, even like the healing stations and the save station, like all the stations, you have to step on that switch. I hate that. The only thing that the only one that felt good was the Aeon. The Aeon refill is just like little ball you run through. You're you're fully f- refilled. Yeah, those were great. Um, and that's similar to how so in Metroid Two for Game Boy, um, there are. Uh, missile refill stations and health refill stations and basically they're both just like dots like one's like shaped like a missile and one's shaped like a mm-hmm. ball and you just stand in them and then they refill your health or missiles and that's all there is to it right you have to find them there are a couple peppered throughout the world and they work really well they're pretty difficult to get to and to find so they feel really nice when you do yeah. find them yeah it's weird that they didn't just do something similar for Sam's Returns because they already had the Aeon refill. Why couldn't they just do the same thing for the missiles and health? I have it, it, no idea. It's, I don't know. It, it, for me, it was one of the most frustrating things. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those inconsistencies that, like, they didn't, I just don't think they thought that hard about why it should work the way it works. It's just like, well, it, it works like this. So, like, I don't, if it's like for save points, I don't really mind the, the stepping on the thing and, doing that that's fine you know you're saving you kind of want it that's not any different than how the save points worked in the other metroid games really they don't really have their own dedicated rooms like they did in other metroid games Mm -hmm. so it kind of makes sense that you would have to wait for a second before you depress the button in order to activate it because you don't want to activate it accidentally so i get that that's fine but i don't yeah i don't understand why it was extended to your refill stations and stuff it just just seems to to take time that it wasn't necessary to take time for right yeah i don't know the i mean aim to our the save points healed healed you and refilled your actually i forget if they refilled your ammo but they healed you and saved um i don't think they uh oh uh, i feel like they didn't refill I don't remember your ammo, but i don't remember but yeah but it was pretty pretty speedy and i mean it's not as pretty it doesn't show Samus stabbing her arm cannon into something to like get refilled, right? Which would make more sense from like a, I don't know, world building or thematic aspect. But at least from like as a player, I felt better. So I, I just thought it was a very strange decision on their part uh, for the for Samus Returns. Yeah, like I say, there there were a number of seemingly incompatible ideas in that game that 
they just put together and that was it. Yeah. And I just I just don't think either from time constraint or you know, I don't know how involved Nintendo really was in terms of oversight. I imagine they had to have been, you know, fairly observant. They they had been up to that point, but anytime you have a non-Nintendo developed game, Metroid always seems to be the the guinea pig in that regard. I don't know why that is. Um, you know, they I'm pretty sure Let's see. I'm pretty sure everything... So, Metroid, Metroid 2, Super Metroid, and Metroid Fusion were all developed internally. Okay. Was Zero Mission not internal? I believe it also was, but I'm not totally sure. Okay. But then you have the Prime games, which are done by Retro Studios, who did a good job, all things considered. (laughs) I think did an amazing job, all things considered, given the transition. Oh, yeah. I think taking the trilogy as a whole, there it's not. It's definitely uh, it's got its ups and downs. Mm-hmm. If Metroid Prime was the only game that they made, I would say it was a raving success. Um, but the fact that they made a trilogy, you know, puts it into perspective. Of they they did a lot for the series, but they also kind of faltered in some places. But generally, a, a successful endeavor by Retro, uh, and they've proved themselves in other areas for Nintendo properties oh, as yeah. well. Then you had Team Ninja, who did Other M, um, probably ruined by Sakamoto, not Team Ninja. That's what I hear. So that's an interesting <laughs> quirk. You know, that's just one of those things that's like, okay, um, where do we start laying blame? And then you have Sam's Returns, developed by another studio. So, you know, four different developers have worked on Metroid games. And, you know, as a result, you get some pretty wildly different ideas of what makes a good metroid game and what should be in a metroid game and i think samus returns is just another instance of like this is this is an interpretation of how metroid should yeah. go and i'm curious to see if nintendo decides that that's how they're going to keep going with it uh obviously they're going to be making or they're going to be releasing uh metroid prime 4 at some point oh god yeah i don't know who is developing that game actually yeah they I want to say I can't remember exactly. I want to say it was actually uh, one of the smaller teams in, within Nintendo doing it. That would be interesting. But I I don't want to. Obviously, I could be very very wrong. So, <laughs> uh, but I don't. I, I didn't hear anything mm-hmm. about Retro doing it. So I don't. I don't think it's them. Yeah, most things I read said that it was. It's unlikely to be Retro. Right, which is interesting. Um, that which I think is fine. I, I, you know, the blueprints there. I don't think right. you need Retro to do it. Retro doesn't have to do it. And I would like to see Nintendo actually take up the realm of Metroid games again because I feel like something's been missing since they did it. Um, you know, they definitely screwed it up. I think Fusion was kind of a mistake in terms of its narrative. I think Other M was a big mistake with its narrative. Bad. Uh, and just kind of lack of... of mm, I don't know what the right word is, but they just they just missed the mark, right, with that game big time. So I am curious to see what other Nintendo developers could do. Younger, you know, the guy, the people who have been producing a lot of the games that have been out lately mm-hmm. seem to be more aware of, of the markets. They seem to be a little savvier in terms of what makes a game fun to play again mm-hmm. without getting too bogged down into tradition, which is nice. They certainly haven't been, you know, batting a thousand, but... Now with Super Mario Odyssey out, we're seeing we're seeing internal developed Nintendo games start to 
make it to the forefront again as, as yeah. the top quality games that they were known for before. And I'm hoping Metroid gets to gets a piece of that because it would be a shame if they didn't. Well, I mean, yeah, after playing Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey sort of playing it this weekend, like I'm hoping Metroid does the same thing because those are great games and live up to the live up to expectations. Yeah, yeah. Sadly, I think Sam's Returns just falls a little bit short. I think it's a, I think it's a well designed game for the most part. I think it's a good game. It's fun yeah. to play. I think largely, but I don't know. There's just something about it. That just doesn't quite hit the, you know, doesn't quite satisfy. I right. Guess. The, I, I would love to see them, like I said, make make some sort of sequel based on the engine, expand like refining those ideas. Maybe maybe you know, I don't know. I, I worry about them branching out in terms of narrative because it's so easy to mess up that way. But like, mm-hmm. I really want to see something like that. My primary worry actually is because there's now the Switch and the 3DS kind of competing for a similar market in terms of handheld, like, seeing what Nintendo's going to do about that. Whether they just say, all right, Metroid Prime 4, that's all we got, and then just kind of killing any any Metroid on the 3DS. Uh, that's that's kind of my fear, because I, I love Metroid games. I think I would love to see more, and I would love to see better ones. Yeah, I agree. I think they... If it were me, anyway, I would abandon any more 3D s metroid development because you can make 2d metroid games on the switch oh yeah just as well as you could make 3d ones so if it were me i would focus entirely on switch at this point for two reasons one is the 3ds is very very old and i think i think samus returns looks really good uh i know not everybody was a big fan of its art direction and that stuff i thought it looked fine i i my Uh, primary complaint is that it's if it were a pure 2d game it would look much better Fair enough. Because because they they obviously have to sacrifice a lot because of the fact that it's a 3D game on a pretty pretty low power device, and like you know it's it's you can see the polygons you can see it's pretty pixelated low resolution like sure, I, sure in sure. that in that case I'm like just make me a really nice quality 2D game I'd be happy. Yeah, they're not gonna exactly. Do <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, given given this the circumstances, I I think it looks really good for a 3DS game. A 3D modeled yeah. 3DS game. I think it looks quite good, um, but obviously you can do so much more with the Switch, and mm-hmm. there's no reason to hold either 2D 2D Metroid games back or 3D ones back by sticking to the 3DS platform. Well, the the one reason um, I can see Nintendo do so is just because of the 3DS market share compared to the Switch market share right now. The Switch is definitely hugely successful for Nintendo in its first year, but the 3DS has so many consoles out there right now. Um, and I actually, I'm guessing, I'm going to guess that sales of Samus Returns versus whatever the hell happens to Metroid Prime 4 will kind of dictate the future. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, they're they're going to look at what happens. I think they, I, they probably won't make any decisions until after Prime 4 comes out. And then they'll probably decide, like, okay, are we going to shift and do another Prime game? Or are we going to go back to the drawing board, as it were, and figure out how to make a... I think either way, the next one after Prime 4 mm-hmm. will be a 3D Metroid yeah, game. Yeah, I doubt they'll ever make another like actual 2D sprite. Or Do you mean 3D as in like, playstyle or 3D as in rendering? I mean 3D as in playstyle. I, I think that if, if, if Prime 4 doesn't do well, I think they're going to look at how to go back and try to do another other M style in terms okay. of... True 3D, and I don't think it'll be like other M. I, I imagine it'll be more 
I think I feel like all their properties are kind of converging, right? Breath of the Wild and Super Mario Odyssey, from what I've seen of mm-hmm. it, look very similarly constructed in terms of philosophy. And I I have a feeling that if Prime 4 doesn't do well, that they will do the same treatment for, for Metroid games after that. Honestly, I, I kind of expect Prime 4 to do something similar to what they've already done with Zelda and Mario. But I guess we'll see. Like Nintendo, Nintendo's yeah, but really... it'll be first person, I imagine, right? What's that? I said, yeah, but it'll be a first person game, I imagine. They'll probably try to figure out how to use motion controls with the Joy Cons. Right, that's true. Oh, it would be strange to have a third person uh, Metroid game. I guess. I mean, I guess Other M was already that, but I don't know. Uh, I, I guess I, when I think of third person, I think more along the lines of Zelda or Mario. Right, and I and I. I kind of want them to, to make a Metroid game like that. I kind of want them to try just because I love 2D Metroid games, but I, I don't think that there's any way for Nintendo to improve them. Um, Sam's Returns is a good game, but it didn't really elevate the genre in any meaningful way to me. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that that's possible anymore at this point, to be perfectly honest. And I, I don't really want to see him waste time trying to when they could make an interesting 3D uh, Metroid game. Yeah, I guess that probably lines up with Nintendo's philosophy more so than trying to produce a an innovative game in terms of content. They mm-hmm. they much prefer to experiment with mechanics and controls um, than they do with like, hey, here's here's a new Zelda game that plays like the old one, but it's just you know, better content or like more, more content. They've done it a handful of times, but that's because Zelda is one of their biggest franchises. Metroid. I don't know. I, I worry about Metroid just because it's, it's so niche compared to a lot of Nintendo's huge franchises. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. they, it gets a handful of chances once in a while. Metroid Prime was like this <laughs> yeah. golden era, right? Or, and, you know, with fusion, think of it what you want and zero mission, but like, that was a lot of Metroid for a small amount of time, which is awesome. Yeah, that's true. It is weird to think about how many Metroid games were packed in a relatively short amount of time, right? Like you said, you had Prime and Prime 2, which came out on the GameCube. Mm-hmm. And then you had Prime 3, which came out on the Wii. You know, fairly, there wasn't a whole lot of distance between yeah, those like two less consoles. Than four years, or, I don't know. And then they all got remastered for the Wii. Yeah. So we had that, plus two uh, Game Boy Advance games. Uh, and there was the I there think... was a remake of Metroid Prime One on the DS, right? Not a remake. There is, yes, there was a there was a DS or a deep a Metroid port, game, but it was port. not a. Uh, no, it was a it was a totally standalone game. Oh really? Um, yeah, I cannot remember what it was called. Uh, Metroid Prime Hunters, is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's the one, and it's a totally standalone game. It was kind of a multiplayer idea, basically. It does have single player, but it's apparently it's not like the best. Huh. So yeah, that's that was a totally standalone game. Yeah. So there was a lot of Metroid in it. Yeah, a lot of Metroid. Short amount of time, which is weird because now it's been it's had these huge gaps on either side. Yeah. yeah. So I I think it'll be a while. I think once Prime Four comes out, they'll kind of assess and then decide. And I think it's going to be. I think it'll be quiet on the Metroid front for a while. That's what I would imagine. Honestly, I, I I really hope Metroid Prime Four is good, but not. Not holding holding any hopes there. Samus Returns was yeah. better than I expected, 
but kind of disappointed me because everyone was talking it up so much. I was like, well, this is decent, but it's not. It's not like the Metroid returning to to you know what I what I really wanted it to. Yeah, I think that's just the nature of the series. There are so many Metroid-style games now that I just don't see how Metroid can... It's the curse of having made the perfect game already. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's really all there is to it. They made Super Metroid, and you cannot improve that game. So I mean, I think think we disagree. Like, I I don't think it's that they're the perfect (laughs) game. I think they made a great game. And I think they can... Like I said, Nintendo likes to mess with the formula all the time right um yeah and i'll be i'll be curious to see how they mess with the metroid formula this time because samus returns was very different and i imagine metroid prime 4 will be pretty different i'd be surprised if it played like the original metroid prime games i agree yeah i think it'll be pretty significantly different as well so i'm, I'm eager to see it i'm not actually sure i'll ever play it though because the idea of getting a Switch is not all that enticing to me right now. I'm probably the only person who thinks that, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. Nintendo as a company has not made me very happy lately in terms of its you know, policies and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm kind of off the Nintendo train these days. Well, all right. I'll let you know how it is since I can borrow my roommate's Switch. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. As usual, we ended the conversation with pontifications about what Nintendo will end up doing with one of our favorite properties. While I have my own personal reservations about the direction of Nintendo's franchises, it's hard to deny that overall they have been very impressive with their offerings since the Switch was released. That definitely leaves me with some cautious optimism regarding the future of Samus and her adventures saving the universe from the completely incompetent inhabitants that is everyone but the famed bounty hunter. Anyway, if you're interested in reading some of my thoughts on video games, check out my essays at jmsebastian.tumblr.com or come hang out in one of my Twitch streams at twitch.tv jmsebastian. If you want to see what Gabe is up to, you can follow him on Twitter at mistalice or check out his website gabem.me. As always, thanks for listening.